I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today, I'm joined by Karen Gamba, all the way from Hong Kong. Karen is the co-founder and chief marketing officer at XV Agency, a creative business development agency and founder of Women Building Women, a nonprofit that mentors and career counsels women from underserved communities. Growing up in South Africa and being privileged enough to have the possibilities and the tools to succeed in corporate America, Karen developed a unique value system she then used to build her own career path and find fulfillment through her job. We are going to talk about why she wanted to get into corporate America and what made her want to leave. Also about the other truths that set her free and the things she learned and discovered about herself in that process. I also will talk about Karen's successful journey in corporate America and what made her pursue entrepreneurship and her experiences living in South Africa. We also explore the importance of trusting and following our intuition and why it is more beneficial to visit our failures more often than our successes. This episode will inspire you to listen to that voice and take the action like I have been saying this entire two years of this podcast. Say yes more and listen. We all are living in a world of such uncertainty. And why not go do something that you have been scared to do or commit to to something that you have been putting off? Like I always say, there is no better time than the present. This is all we have is now. I hope Karen's story inspires you to live authentically and with passion. For that is why we are truly here. Before we begin this magical conversation, please remember to go to my website and register for the monthly Zoom calls that are free with all of my amazing guests I've had on this show. If you missed the call a couple of weeks ago with Dominic J. Zenden, the amazing aura reader, you can catch the replay on YouTube. He is incredible, and you will want him to do an aura reading on you and your family. It's a very powerful tool. Also, don't forget, I have a waiting list for my next Raising Confidence and Magic Path courses. There is no better time than now to ascend with the masses and the ones who understand this time we are living in and empower not only ourselves, but our kids as well. We are in a global shift in awareness, and I want all of us to be on the same page so we can support and grow and join this trajectory of expansion we are all on, whether we know it or not. 
email me to find out more information at ashleygonner at gmail.com or check out all of my courses, freebies, and wait lists on my website, ashleygonner.com. And please remember to subscribe and review this podcast. It helps get better guests on and people to know that this podcast exists. And I just appreciate all the reviews I've gotten. They are all amazing and mean the world to me. So now let's get this conversation going with this incredible woman all the way from Hong Kong, the Karen Gamba. Please welcome Karen Gamba to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited too. A, a nighttime interview for me is different. All the way from Hong Kong, I was, you know, thinking, you know, when you're connected with somebody, like how Jeannie Media, the producer of my podcast, connected us, who I absolutely love and adore. It's just her. I know that there's something there and I don't even question it. Things that come into your life when someone says, you have got to meet Karen Gamba, Ashley. So I listened to Ginny, meet you in on a Zoom call to get to know you. And here we are after my sickness call last week of COVID. And here we are fresh and healthy, ready to go. But, you know, I'm doing my learning about you, learning your what drives you, learning what your background is and what you grew up with and what has formed you to become this person that you are today. And, you know, we all have a story. We all have a childhood. We only have one childhood. And I'm all about childhood and because that's my passion about creating, trying to create these childhoods with these children to give these tools so they can start their life on this trajectory of with passion and purpose. And with you understanding where when you discovered your passion and your purpose and you started listening to your intuition and you started to guide your life with that voice that says to yourself. And I always talk about the breadcrumbs or the puzzle pieces and the, you know, always listening and taking those steps and always saying yes and, you know, pushing past the fear. And I feel like your story is something like that. And I feel like you know, I've said since this podcast was born, you know, always, always say yes. Life is too short. Live in the now. Live in this moment. This is all we have. We don't have the past. We don't have the future. We only have now. And what are we going to do to make a difference and to serve and to be a person that when you leave this planet, that you felt like you did something and that you made a difference. And that is who you are to me. And I feel like you have evolved into this woman that now lives in Hong Kong via New York. And we're going to get into that. But when you feel, when you understand when someone like really listens to their intuition and their heart and wants to help and wants to see the better of life and wants to better the life of this planet, that is, that is you. So what I want to do is go back. I know you're from South Africa. I want you to go back when I always talk about magic moments. When did you discover your magic moment? How were you raised? Your childhood is always fascinating to me. I think we all understand that our childhood, you know, really kind of is what shapes us. And so it'll be interesting to hear what shaped you and your childhood and your mom and dad and what brought you to this place now in Hong Kong. 
I, I love speaking about my family because, you know, I am the one, I'm, I'm one of four siblings and I'm the one who actually left. I'm the one who flew the coop. But I almost feel like I got a calling for what I wanted to do very, very early on. I think I was about eight or nine years old. And I was watching a lot of TV. I was watching a lot of the news and just seeing what was happening around me um, all around the world, not just locally. And I knew instinctually that I needed to do something that was empowering women. And I felt it very, very strongly. And I think it had a lot to do with the women that were in my life. My grandmother was a very big influence in my life. She didn't have much, but she gave so much. She was a very powerful voice. She, she was a fierce advocate for her family. She loved her family so passionately. There was never a moment where there wasn't an extra plate of food that she would give to anybody who was just walking by. She was just this generous, kind, wonderful, and sometimes a force to be reckoned with kind of woman. And mm -hmm. I think growing up with that and seeing this woman and how she interacted with the world without having all of the resources and all of the gifts that some of us have, it was an important lesson for me. And then my mother and my aunts and just seeing how they ran their families and, and how family was so important. My parents have been married for 56 plus years. Oh, and, neat. You know, I know I'm one of the lucky ones. Uh, I speak to so many people and I grew up in a home where my parents were always there. We had dinner around the table every single night, every Sunday dinner. We were there. Family was crucial to me. And yet there was something inside me where I had this knowledge very early on that I was going to leave, which hmm. is a little sad and a little, you know, exciting at the same time. I just always knew it. And I, I was very young when that realization came to me. I had to leave to do something to, to make a difference was kind of what was in my head. And I, I went through this journey where I grew up in South Africa you know, eventually I left, I traveled the world and I ended up in New York City and started exploring my career there. And, and still this voice was inside me. And I was working an administrative job. I, I was earning good money, but I, I didn't really feel fulfilled. And I was working at a particular office where it, it, the, the environment and the office just wasn't serving me. And yet I was going every day and I felt like something inside of me was slowly shrinking. My confidence was shrinking. I just felt like the light was slowly dimming inside of me. And I was driving to work this day and I felt my hands kind of clenching the steering wheel more and more as I got closer and closer. And I had never experienced a panic attack before. But suddenly my, my breath started kind of leaving me. And I think the idea that I might have been suffering a panic attack while I was driving scared me. Hmm. And I started having a conversation with my grandmother who had passed years before. And I said, I just wish you were here. I, I, I need you to say something to me that's going to make me just feel better about today. I need to figure things out because I don't really know where my place is anymore. And Ashley, as I was driving, I got the smell of the lavender soap she used to use in my car. Oh. It just completely overwhelmed my car where I actually had to pull off the side of the road. I, I was completely taken aback. And, 
you know, there's people out there who believe who don't. People say, oh, you know, it's a memory. It's a memory you have. But it was such a real and tangible moment for me that I had to stop my car. Right. And she was there. I, I knew it in my core. And what came from that moment for me was that you need to change. You know, if I was here, I would tell you, why are you driving to a job you hate every day? Why? <laughs> I would never have allowed you to do that. You would never have done it if I was around. You knew I wouldn't approve. So, you know, pick up your, you know, pick up, strap your bootstraps. And if you're going to drive to work, drive and quit. <laughs> and right. You're not doing this anymore because that's the kind of person she was. It was it was tough love. And I immediately knew what I needed to do. And it seems like such a simple thing, right? It, not everybody has the opportunity to just leave a job and, and move on. And of course, I did things the right way. I gave myself some time to find something else. But the, I've had so many of those types of moments in my life where I know that during the time I was pursuing this particular career or job, she was around. There were these moments where I would think of her or even someone would walk by and I'd be like, wow, that looks just like my granny. She'd been talking to me for three years and I wasn't listening. And it came to this breaking point for me where I, I was completely losing control of myself, where she actually showed up and she was like, okay, now we're going to have a conversation. Aww. So. It was, I've had many moments like that in my life where I kind of just reset and realized that I needed to make a change. And it is an incredibly scary and uncomfortable thing for any of us when you're like, oh, I'm earning a salary. Things are comfortable. It's very hard to make a change, to find your joy, to find your passion. Um, not all of us has the opportunity to do that, but there are so many things I realized that are not a physical thing that is a roadblock. It is so emotionally driven that the stories we tell ourselves, we believe, and it stops us. It really stops us from going and, and trying. Because I always tell people, you may have heard before, um, when you were listening to my previous discussion, I think we were so ingrained in believing that failure is a bad thing, mm -hmm. that failure just disqualifies everything. Failure is the act of you trying and, and maybe it didn't work out, but you gave it a shot. And I, I'm very adamant about telling people that in your journey, no matter where you come from, I was lucky to come from a home that was very, very solid. My parents were always there. I, I always had family around me. And I think the point of the story was I knew when my grandmother came to me, that any choice I made and, and I needed to leave a situation that was bad, I always had a home to go home to. Yes, My yep. parents' doors would be open for me. It didn't matter if I was 20, 30, 40, 50. They would be like, your bedroom is still there. Just come home. Oh, I and that. I feel really blessed and I feel really lucky about that. I sometimes joke with them. I, I love to mess with my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm moving back home. I'm moving back home. It's like, oh, for heaven's sakes, no. Oh, no, that's the <laughs> Oh, I love that. You know, just, I think, you know, raising children, you know, that's a dream is that they have that feeling that they could always come home. You know, I want to go back to um, the limiting beliefs because I'm a, I'm a big teacher on understanding the belief system that we have, that we've created this, you know, this 
this uh, tape recorder that we tell ourselves that is true, that is not. And I've learned how to live a life of neutrality. And I will own that saying because I have worked at that. And I have gone through the last, I look at my life and I want to say since this podcast started in 2020, I'm a completely different person today. And I'm so proud of myself that I, and and I've done the work, but it's going through those limiting beliefs And I wanted you to explain, you know, when you meet people along your journey and you see these people living their life because they feel like, you know, they have to go to that job or, you know, I went to college and now I do this. And, you know, I have these, you know, all these things that I'm not worthy to go find another job or I'm not enough. And all the words, you know, people don't understand. Sometimes I was getting my hair done today and my hair lady is into all of my spiritual growth. And she was saying, when you explain limiting beliefs, I think you need to be more specific. So I was like, you're not enough. I'm not worthy. All those words are, you know, are the things that people will play in their head. Tell me how you get through yours. How do you get, how do you teach others to overcome those little, you know, it's like, I always say from zero to seven, We've been programmed, you know, like that's it. 100%, Ashley. And I think we are also very, not only are we driven by the thoughts inside our own head where we tell ourselves these stories that we start believing, we're also very driven by what we believe others think about us. And even as we get older, we might say things like, oh, I don't care what people think. I don't believe that's true. Because I think we still want people to, I think inherently we want, we want to be kind and good people. We want people to like us. We want to have this. And it's like, oh, if I don't take this job, what would people think? Wow, it's this huge opportunity. My goodness, what would my friends, my family think if I turned this job down to tell them, you know, I, I want to start a cupcake shop. I've always wanted to do that. If mm-hmm. you're turning down the six-figure job, how could you? And we're having that conversation in our heads before anyone said anything to us. We're just projecting what is coming our way or what might be coming our way. I think sometimes we believe that we don't believe we're going to get the support. And it, it starts with us because we're, we're in doubt. Uh, we're of two minds like, am I crazy to turn down a six-figure job to open a bakery, which is my passion? So I think the way to push through that, honestly, is I always like to look at the trajectory of my life. I like to look at the moments where I thought that was the end of the road for me, where this was going to be my life and how I navigated through those moments, moments that were were painful and I was going through something emotionally difficult and how I got through that. What were the things that got me through? Who were the people around me who got me through? What were the types of things they said that I now need to remember? And remember that, yes, I am now in the middle of the road facing another challenge, facing another decision, but I've been on this road before. It might have been different, but I have faced challenges before and I have gotten through them and I have made choices that took me to the next level of what I needed to do. So much of, I really believe this, and I know this is part of your teaching, So much of what I believe limits and stops us is is rooted in confidence. Our confidence gets shaken. There can be a day where you feel like, oh, I feel great. I feel wonderful. And it takes one thing to shake that if you don't work on that all the time. Mm -hmm. I have 
a very dear friend who is one of the most talented, educated, amazing people you will ever meet in your life. And her confidence is very shaken right now because she has a big decision she needs to make and, and she's dealing with a with something in her life. And it's very easy to project like, why would you let this stop you? You know, if it were me, I would have done this and I would have done that. But we are never in, we can try to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Right. But we're not in their shoes. We don't know what drives them. We don't know what their journey is. Not fully. It could be your best friend in the world that you've known since you were five. You still don't fully know what their journey is. So what I try to do when I when I'm dealing with issues that are self-confidence driven, where it's hard for me to make a decision or I'm trying to empower myself or I'm trying to empower others. I just try to remember the moments where I got through. I, I reach out to a support system that I know is there for me. That's going to either like granny, give me the tough love or tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And the thing we tend to forget is we don't have to agree with the advice. Right. We reach out to people because we're trying to source information for a decision we need to make. If someone says, oh, no, don't do it. It doesn't mean you have to follow their advice. It's okay to just listen and listen to the universe, listen to the world, listen to the voice, listen to the people and make your decision. You don't have to do anything in a snap, so to speak. Take a walk, take a breath. I always believe in taking a step back and really assessing the situation. And I always tell people to do that because I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. I think we, and undue pressure because we feel like, oh, I need to let them know by Friday if I'm taking the job or not. And we just compound this pressure on ourselves. And, you know, there has never been a position in my life where, I've called a job or an opportunity and said, could you just give me until Monday? I have to speak to my family where they've said, no, absolutely not. At noon on Friday, you have to give me a decision. I've never had that opportunity. I I mean, I've never had that happen to me. I'm sure there's moments where people don't give anybody leeway. But I always tell people, you know, if you have to make a decision, that's a big one. See if you can get some extra time and take some time. Ask them if they say no reassess. Let's, let's look at what you have to do. But I think we're afraid to ask for things. I think it's uncomfortable for us to, to ask, especially if it's someone we don't know. I think it's hard for us to sometimes step away and, and look at the picture as a whole and move around it and look at it from different angles. And I always, I try to tell people, and I often try to tell myself this is, You don't have to make a snap decision in the moment. If it's a big decision for your life, take your time with it. I believe in journaling. I believe in meditation. I believe in creating. I believe in writing. I believe in taking walks and and feeding yourself and your soul when you're dealing with these kind of things. And um, be kind to yourself because that is the thing we tend to forget the most. We're serving so many other people, our families, that we tend to be kind to ourselves And that's where we often have that disconnect when we're trying to really just get down to what we need to do next. We're so rooted into everyone else. I agree 100%. And what comes to me is when I had quit the corporate world and my words were trust and surrender. And I remember quitting 
not having anything. I don't know if you know my story, but it's in my first episode where I just quit. And, you know, I think in my heart at that time in my life, I knew I wanted more. I've always been that person. And I feel like you're that way. That's why I feel this connection where, you know, if I can have this, I know I could probably do that, you know, then let's go to the next thing. So I, that's innate in me. And I'm not saying that's in everyone, obviously, but when I remember having that feeling of just saying, I'm just going to trust and surrender and leave and know that God, the universe is going to provide and I will find my way. And the one minute I did that and I left that job and all of a sudden, then that's when I call the magic moments. (laughs) That's when magic started to happen. And I, if I could give these words of wisdom to these children that I help in these, you know, these adults, you know, that are struggling to live their passion, but I'm like, oh, just trust and surrender and, you know, and know that it's going to be, it's all good. But when you do that, even if there is a little, you know, you have to take the different Y to get back to the, I always say the yellow brick road and, you know, there's going to be the different Ys of the road and you're going to end up coming back to that yellow brick road. It's okay. Those are the beautiful blessings of your life that are the lessons that you came to learn to get back to that yellow brick road. But what would you say about your life and your the way you started to trust, surrender, take that risk, go quit that job, do something that you're passionate about, follow your purpose? Purpose is a very important word. By the way, I want a trust and surrender t-shirt. You need to create a line of those. I love that. <laughs> it empowers me just hearing those words. You know, I, I was on this road and I think, again, going back to the family unit, you I had this idea in my head of this is what you do. You get a job, you stay in it, you take care of your family, you don't go off willy-nilly doing things and trying things. And I think the way we're raised and conditioned, we we have these things, these values that are kind of driven into our, our heads and our hearts of how we should run our lives and our family. So it was very uncomfortable for me to do what you did, which was be in this corporate wheel, be in this job, earning a good salary, having everything I could want materialistically and spiritually feeling completely empty and tired and just was not the person I needed to be. So my yellow brick road definitely spurted off into many different roads before I went back. But I knew the moment where it was going to be my trust and surrender moment. I was just sitting at a corporate meeting talking about budgets and blah, blah, blah. And something just clicked in me and said, this is going to be one of your final meetings. Something I didn't say it. Someone said it to me, a voice said it to me, but it was very real. And all of the advice and moments and lessons and the the magic moments where I felt like myself and I felt true joy and true passion started floating through my head. Just memories. I was like, remember who you used to be? Remember when you were eight years old and you said you were going to help women and you were going to make a difference? Remember this? Remember that time? And it all kind of flooded to me. And I knew, and I I just kind of had this confirmation and it was a wonderful feeling of just, you're finding your way now. There was a little, there was definitely a feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have a salary next month. That is a scary, scary feeling, but it was also empowering because I knew I was finally taking that journey 
to get to that place where I knew I always needed to be. And I, of course, you know, I took the steps to leverage my network to say, listen, I'm leaving this job. I'm starting my own business. I really want to start these workshops and conferences for women. Is there any advice you can give me? Is there any kind of support where you can just connect me with so-and-so? So I was able to do that. I was able to tap into a network of people and I did have support to do that. Not everybody has those resources, but the minute I started moving in the direction, I knew I always should have been on. Everything changed because I'm telling you, my, my shoulders were up to my ears from stress. And as my journey continued, even as the money dwindled, mm -hmm. my shoulders started coming down again. My chin started lifting up and I felt that confidence. I felt empowered. I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And every single time I was able to mentor or help a woman find a job or a passion she was interested in, I felt myself growing. Their achievements were mine. Right. Everything right. they did made me feel like I was growing. And there was never, to this day, there's not a doubt in my mind that I am on the right track. Doesn't mean that there's not those moments and those setbacks where I wake up and I go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, it's so right. easy. I could so easily just go back to corporate America and, and you know, be in that place again. But there is something to be said about finding joy and passion. And I feel very, very blessed that I'm able to do what I do. I know you feel the same way because you were in that wheel as well and knew that there was a time that this wasn't it anymore. Right. And you're absolutely right. I've had this conversation with people. I was always someone who was looking for more. I could be in a great situation and I already start thinking about how do I level this up? How do I make this bigger? How do I bring more people in? How do I tell more people about this wonderful secret I just discovered? How do we, how do we spread the magic, so to speak, right, totally. Ashley? Yes, totally. So, you are all in my, that is my wheelhouse. That is my focus. <laughs> that is my passion. You know, I, when I meet somebody like you that I get tears when you're talking and I've had it probably like five times now. It's emotional because I, I look back at my life and I remember the times where I would, you know, it's when I help somebody or I see them do something and they get it and then their life starts to change. And, you know, I've had, I have a joke where I used to empower my employees. I had a day spa and then, you know, I would take them to, I would treat them to a seminar, you know, like pay for them to go, you know, like you're going to go next month. And then all of a sudden they all leave me because they're opening their own spa. <laughs> so it was like, wait, this is backfiring, but really it's not. It was, you know, it was me doing that, which just filled my heart so much. And I think the connection I have with you and where your heart is and what you've figured out is your passion to help these underprivileged women, which let's get into that now, you know, that's, I get it. I, you know, I think of me as a mother being this mentor for my children, teaching them, you know, we, we work with the homeless. Yeah. That's really their main thing is the homeless. And they have a platform where they teach children positivity and dreaming big and, you know, the limiting beliefs and all that stuff. But um, to live in San Diego, and to drive down to downtown and see this, you know, this homeless situation is just horrific. We've built houses in Mexico. We've, you know, gone to the school 20 minutes down. That's 80% homeless. 
they live on the street next to the school. You know, we've, I've tried to empower them to understand, like, you know, we live a pretty darn good life and let's do something. Let's make a difference. So as a mom, I've taken on that role now in my fifties, you know, as the kids get older, like to say, you know, I want to ingrain in them what you have in you, what gives me so much joy and tears when I'm listening, (laughs) because I know that's what life is for. That's why we're here. That's, that's the gift of life is to serve and be the person that's going to, you know, make a difference in someone's life. Like there's nothing else. I don't care about a dollar. You know, I don't care about the money that doesn't give me tears. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And we've been there before where, you know, you were working, you had those dollars. What difference did it make? It didn't make you a happier person. Right. You were sharing magic with people when you had that dollar. And there was something you said, I was listening to one of your conversations that actually re-triggered me to start doing this, writing in a gratitude journal in the mornings. I started doing that again. I did it years ago. I think I just fell off from doing that, but there is something very powerful. And I am still dating myself a very pen to paper person. I cannot write it in a computer. No, I'm the same way. Yes, for sure. I need to write. I need to feel the the paper underneath my pen. And I, I listened to something you said, and I listened to something you mentioned about how you work with your children and you teach them about being kind to each other say something kind every day and don't expect from other people to hear. Yes. Oh, you do listen. I love it. Thank you. Because it really, it it feeds into what I truly believe. I'm not saying that to sound like I'm a wonderful person. I believe it. I believe in being kind to people. I believe in that. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. There's so many times I've been in a store and I've, I've had the, the grumpy person checking me out, you know, she doesn't even say good morning. And I go, oh my gosh, you have the most beautiful necklace. I just love that. Mm -hmm. And you see this shift. Even if she's not smiling at you, you kind of see her. Yeah, I love doing that. (laughs) You know you did something, right? And I'm not patting myself on the back because I said something. I meant it. It was authentic. Totally, all sincere. Very, very sincere. And I think, you know, even if it was just for those three seconds, maybe injected a little bit of inspiration and happiness into her day. I hope it made a difference. And I walk away and I feel good about it. But um, you're absolutely right. I think being able to have this gratitude for what we are able to share is very, very important to me. The success of the people who have floated into my life and I have been able to help in even the most incremental way is really what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Being able to, you're inspiring your daughters to, and, and your children to inspire others. I don't know if there is better work we can be doing right now. I mean, we could have both been doctors, I suppose, and really been doing <laughs> on stuff. Um, I'm not saying that, but within our capacity and within the experience we have to be able to share these lessons and moments that make someone's life a little bit better. That is what I truly believe I should be doing. And um, I've had the opportunity to work with some women who have had incredible circumstances in their lives. That is the nonprofit we founded, Women Building Women. And just one story was we worked with a, a woman who had actually been formerly incarcerated, a young woman. And she came out and she said, the world now expects of me 
just one or two things. I'm either going to go back or this is the kind of job I have to get. She said, I'm a poet. I'm a writer. I'm interested in film. I, I want to create documentaries about women who have been in the system. I want to tell their stories. I don't want people to think, okay, because I've been in the system, I have one or two things that can happen to me. We were able through our program to connect her with a woman who is an executive producer for the FX network and started helping to mentor her on film and, you know, TV production. And even she, uh, the, the executive producer that was part of our network was filming a short film and she actually invited her to the set and they started mm -hmm. collaborating and building this friendship. And as of a few months ago, this, this young woman that we put in our mentorship program had completed her first documentary, short film documentary with her poetry in the background, speaking about the struggle of being a woman in prison. She spoke to the women who had children that were incarcerated and, and that pain and that challenge of, of trying to navigate that and that loneliness. Wow. And she created this beautiful piece. And actually now she, she has it on the short film um, award circuit. She's, she's applying to get that scene. So knowing that this young woman who, who flitted into our lives for a brief moment has found her passion and is doing what she loves. The days where I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. I just don't feel like today. I, I focus on those women and those moments and it gets me out of bed. I'll totally. be honest. See, you're giving me tears again. <laughs> Gosh, yes, I know. I get it. That's amazing. I know. That is it. That's what it is. That's what it, it's about. Oh. So what is your dream now with this, with your, this nonprofit that you've created and helping these women that, it's just amazing that, well, it's going to change the world. What is your, give me your, what yes. is your dream? So I, my co-founder, Frank, and I actually realized that a lot of nonprofits and organizations, they work in silos. They have their mission and they raise funds for their mission. And for instance, maybe a, a nonprofit that works with, with the homeless, but there might be several nonprofits that work with the homeless right in your town. What we're trying to do is partner up with other organizations who do similar things to what we do and do very different things to what we do. So we're kind of creating this coalition of nonprofits so we can really spread the net wide and help as many people as possible. We're working on an initiative right now based in New York City with a new mayor's office and um, we are coming up with creating grants and funds for people who were working in the nightlife industry. You know, think about the people who were working in restaurants late at night, uh, the people who are so, so to speak, unseen. You know, you're sitting there having a beautiful meal. You're not really taking much notice of the person who's clearing your plate. That person was heavily affected by COVID, didn't have health benefits, wasn't able to access unemployment for various reasons. We're creating this fund that is going to offer some grants to give support to these people that were affected, educational resources if they'd like to improve their lives in some way for absolutely free, access to mental health resources and wellness resources, any kind of legal support they need. 
And we are working with several nonprofits. We're working with an organization called Night Life United. And we're all coming together, have the support of the mayor of New York to create this, this hub of, I call it hub of generosity, where people can come. And we're called Women Building Women, but everyone is welcome. Doesn't mean if, if you don't fall under what sounds like Women Building Women that you're not welcome and you don't get to access the help you need. We are going to help as many people as we can. We'll be rolling this out very, very soon. And I'm excited about it because not only are we growing what we do as Women Building Women, we're partnering with organizations where we can really spread out and provide as much help as possible within our means. We'd love to take this national. We'd love to work with mayor's offices in different cities and different centers. And this has kind of become the baby now. This is the thing we're trying to build out. And I'm really, really excited about what this, this is going to become. And people have been really kind and generous and excited about it which makes me excited, of course. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know, you think of something that you start and you have this vision, right? I just picture you having this vision of what you are creating. And I just know that when I create, it's a vision. So when you're creating this vision, give me the words, you know, that you would say are what you want these people to experience in life. Like what are, what do you feel what is missing? What are, what are they going to say to you? What are these people going to, what is their life story going to change to be? I want them, I'm going to use one of your favorite words, and I mean this truly. I want them to feel confident about their lives, confident that they can take care of themselves and their families. I want them to feel empowered that they have the resources from the city, from, from whoever they need, that they have the resources to make their lives better. And even if it's an incremental change, We want to know that we have empowered them, given them confidence, boosted their self-esteem and helped them get to that next level and whatever that level might be. It's very, very important to us. And can I share another thing? Another Ashley that came with me is I've been listening to what you do. I've been reading about what you do. And these were little things I tried maybe when I was younger, but haven't focused on in a while. Again, I started my gratitude journal. About a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, I I don't exactly remember when Jenny connected us, but I I remember I was looking at the work you do and I started a vision board. All it started with, honestly, and I want people to know this and please tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm definitely not the expert here. It started with a post-it I put right above my computer that said, partner with the mayor's office in New York. That was my goal. For, for this idea we had. And that's how it started. And then little post-its started coming up around it. And I said, oh, gosh, if Ashley saw this, this is the most, I don't know, this is the worst vision board ever. Oh, seen. my gosh, you're the cutest thing. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> but I'm going to send you a picture of it at some point. This is the most chaotic nonsense thing. But it manifested I'm telling you, of I was course it did. Every day, and I know people don't believe this. It happened. It as everything I had put on my ugly little post-its, really terrible handwriting in some circumstances. And I thought to myself, you know, I need to put this on a nice vision board and I'm gonna show Ashley one day. I did my uh-huh. It's great. Um, but it worked and it started just with 
work, partner with the office of the mayor, let it grow from there. As I, as my, my partner and I kind of came up with ideas of how we could grow this up, offer educational resources. Let's do a grant where we can help people with funding, even if it's just to pay their electric bill for the month. Little things like that all kind of went on the wall. And I cannot tell you the power in just visualizing Everything is inside our heads. And sometimes it's so hard to communicate what we're trying to achieve. That being able to draw out these thoughts and just having it in the physical realm really, really empowered this mission for Uh, me. I have to say so. I love that story. Oh, no, but that is amazing. I love that story. And I'm all about post-it notes. You know, I remember interviewing Marie Diamond, and she was saying she was had a post-it note saying she was going to be on The Secret or a star of the movie. And it was just like on on a post-it note. She didn't know what she was going to be, a, you know, like a star of what movie. But she, you know, but she is. She's on The Secret. And she was, she manifested that. But she looked at that every day. And I tell the girls, like, you know, we'll do post-it notes. And we'll put it on the mirror in the morning or, you know, whatever we're looking at. And it's just that visual and that seeing that. And and it's just that, you know, when you think of the words you say, the thoughts you think, the power of your mind, (laughs) if people realize the simplicity of writing on a post-it note to create your dreams to come to reality is so simple and to feel that feeling, it's the feeling and the believing it. And once you see that and you start to become that, you can't not have that. It's so true. And I think I went through a phase of skepticism. I definitely did. Just because of little things that were going on, being busy. I am a believer again. I am Uh, such a believer. Let me tell you, doesn't matter. I want your listeners to know it doesn't matter how ugly that post-it is. If you have the worst penmanship in the world, Stick that post-it on your wall, on your mirror. It happened. And everything affiliated with what we were trying to build happened. The partnership we were hoping for with the organization is happening right now. And uh, I cannot tell you that is a magical feeling to me because that is magic in motion. Yes. I was seeing the miracle happen from just taking this tiny moment to put this thing on the wall And I started doing it with everything. I was trying to close some business from a client that I'd been working with for a long time. And um, I put it on a post-it on my wall. And it happened. It happened. And I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful that I stopped for a while just living in my head. Because when when you're just inside your head, you can kick ideas around. You can put it to the back burner. You can think it's not so important right now. Oh, I can deal with it tomorrow. When you're in your head, you're dead. (laughs) How do you like that one? That's a Tony Robbins. (laughs) I'm I'm writing that down. T.M. Ashley. (laughs) When you're in your head, you're dead. (laughs) No, you know, when you start putting things out there, you start living with intention. I'm always about that. You focus on the feeling. And you watch the magic come and the, you know, it's like, I always say magic. And I, I think magic is a fun word because sometimes people think it's magic 
but it's true. There's real magic in life. And when you want to look for the magic, it's always there. Absolutely. And you know, it's so funny. I'm a very visual person. I like to write. I'm a writer. So I was always, when I was a little girl, I was always obsessed with Tinkerbell. I loved that when she flew around, there was this trail of dust, gold dust. And it's so funny. Whenever I think of you, I I just see this gold dust all around you. I just see you spreading this this gold dust on everybody. And uh, you sprinkled it on me. I mean, we've had very few interactions. The magic happened when Ginny said we should come together. And I think this is something I want people to know is that you don't have to function in a silo and you don't have to feel alone. You can reach out, you can do research. There are so many people like you out there that offer these amazing resources for to help people find their way. It's not about you telling them what to do. It's right. about no. them, you know, find their passion and figure things out. And I think especially now where we are feeling a bit more disconnected, we're living in this world where we're not just able to go and do as we as we did two years ago. I really want to encourage people to look into working with with people like you on on coaching and and reaching out and really trying to drill down as to what it is they'd like to find in their lives. Because I want to really make it clear that it's okay if you don't know what you want to do as well. People feel very stifled by the fact that they don't know what their next step is or what is it I'm good at? What could I be doing? Why am I unhappy here? And I think that's why these conversations are so important because it reveals so much clarity. A simple conversation can open up so much. So much. You know, I am with my sophomore of high school. You know, these kids are starting to talk about what are you going to major in and what are you, you know, what are you interested in? And, you know, we start talking and she says, mom, I don't know. And I said, that's okay. You know, that's why we talk. That's part of what my passion is from is because when I was in my 20s, I didn't know it. I didn't know for a long time. I always went from one to the next. And, you know, I didn't have that mentor or someone that was, you know, talking to me and guiding me. And, you know, well, if you like that, let's go here and try that. But, you know, when you're young and, you know, starting your life, and I see these kids, you know, that don't have that clarity they don't know their purpose and it's fine, but it's part of the process of what you kind of need to have, create that muscle, you know, to start that process and, you know, try things, push past the fear, say yes all the time, you know, take that little why around the yellow brick road and take that <laughs> one. Who knows where it's going to go, but do it. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the diversions are all part of who we become eventually. Even those those little roads I took to the side that were not the best adventure in the world. I learned so much from those moments. And it's it really is okay not to know. I think I was deep into my 30s. Oh, geez, I know. <laughs> I like, well, I wake up some mornings and I go, mm. but um And it's not that me right now, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but it's what we said earlier. I'm always thinking about the bigger picture. What's next? How do I make it bigger, right? But I think what you're doing is very important, especially because of the interactions I have with younger women, empowering them early on that it's okay to have questions, empowering them early on to know that if someone maybe in high school is unkind to you, 
they are dealing with their own pain and it's not because of you in particular that this is happening. And being able to build that confidence and what you're instilling in your daughters is so important because these are foundational cornerstones that is going to lead them through their lives. That when difficulties come, they're going to go back to those values and understand like, okay, this is happening because of X, Y, Z reasons. And here's how I get to navigate this situation. And I love to embrace and just thank women like you who take their time to empower others and teach those lessons because it's so important. We're so focused and ingrained on what we think we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We don't focus on what is it I actually want to do and is it okay for me to take the time to discover that? Right. And you see in me what I see in you. So thank you for seeing in me what you are. (laughs) Yeah, it's a mirror. And that's why you see that because it's in you and that's what you do. And I think you're amazing. And I know that Ginny was this, our little angel that put us together. And I know there's things that we will do together in this world and create and empower and uncover other people's magic, because I know that's why we are here and I love, have loved our time together so much. You know, it's like a, you know, when you don't know, you know, this podcast has just opened up so many amazing relationships and tears of joy of, you know, you just don't know where you're going to be touched, but to be touched, I was so many times tonight. Thank you for that. And I I want you to give me the Karen Gamba, like where are we, what, what's our give our, where we can find you, what can we do to support you, all that stuff. Well, Karen Gamba, you can easily just find me on LinkedIn. I'd love anyone to connect with me. I love to connect with new people. And if you have any questions, you can always send me a message. Women, bldgwomen.org is our nonprofit website. You could see what we're doing. We'll be updating it with some really interesting things soon. And my business development agency is exfee-agency.com. You can see some of the fun projects we worked on with some nonprofits um, during the pandemic. Some really fun things we did to help some people share their mission, share their voices. And um, I really just want to share with people out there to not be afraid to be vulnerable and share your story with someone else. There are people out there who want to listen and want to help. So don't feel like you need to be alone at this time. We we have so many resources out there and check out Ashley's page. She's got some great stuff in there too. Oh, you're so sweet. Like <laughs> it's about you, Karen, not me. <laughs> you helped me. I mean, you really helped me with some stuff. So I, I have to say it. It's true. The, the <laughs> thing was a big thing for me. So this was great. I really enjoyed this conversation and, and your time, Ashley. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. So grateful. I know that we're soul, soul sisters at heart and we will be doing amazing things together. Exciting. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, 
please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.